banter away. You were the one who started that conversation. What were we talking about? Oh. In New Girl. In New Girl, it's that episode where they were talking about how Cece cries, um... Because she saw that commercial where the two old people could finally afford to be buried next to each other. And I said, that's dumb. Why does it cost so much to be buried? And I told you just to bury me in a hole when I die. <laughs> and, so, and then Sawyer was like, nah, just wait. Just wait until someone else is burying someone else. And throw your body under while they're crying. Under their casket, yeah. <laughs> under the under casket, casket while they're crying so they, so they just don't do anything about it. They're like, ah, oh, this, this is where she is now. Not a bad idea. Or... Apparently, you can just bury me in Missouri. Yeah, as long as you own the property and then give it, it to the county. Do you have to own the property, mm-hmm. I would assume? You have to own the property, because you have to be able to deed it to the county once you've buried somebody on said property. What if you deed it to somebody else? That's not allowed. Cause, well, no, because they said you can't sell it to somebody else. No, I think you have to, like, but once they're buried, it, else they must be deeded. it from you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, I didn't, know. Loophole. didn't read that much detail. Loophole. Pass it down generation to generation. Yeah. And then I mean, that would be the family cemetery. As long as it's Bury not... Bury them all in the same hole. Not bigger than an acre. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just the first one really deep down. 12 feet. <laughs> Put some dirt down. Just sprinkle it a little bit. Put down the next <laughs> some one. Some seasoning. I don't know. My favorite thing wasn't even like you can bury it on your own property to make a family cemetery. Because that's not that ridiculous. But it's that it's that um, funeral homes are required to accept handmade coffins. <laughs> Wait, in Missouri... <laughs> Which no means way. I could put you into a just a Literally big old anything. tub. <laughs> just put me in a big plastic tub. That's throw a, you in the that's really all I need. I'm dead. I don't need much more. No. <laughs> Even that's asking Alternatively, a little much. <laughs> I can donate your body. I only have to pay to get your body from wherever you're being held to the donation site. Yeah, I don't know why I can't just put you in my, with my joints. Like, can't put you in the back of my car. Just throw you in the trunk. <laughs> oh, they didn't specify so um, reasons why. <laughs> it wasn't, they didn't spe- well, listen, if I take you to the appropriate location to get your death certificate and they check out everything, and then now I'm going to, okay, the next step is I'm going to donate your body. Why can't I just throw you in my trunk and take you to the donation center? <laughs> I think there's something about having to transport dead bodies and that's why hearses are used or those medical you know vans for people who die that seems like an unnecessary rule i don't know why it's for the hearse industry it's all a big conspiracy they use minivans now audrey i know but it has like that the sticker on it like medical examiner whoever That particular lawsuit seems unnecessary. I wonder if, like, like if you bought your house and then died, and then could I bury you on the dead person's property, my, or would yeah, I have own. to own the property? That's what I was like, hmm, maybe I need to get a bigger yard so I can <laughs> dump so me you, in there. So you can add to the cemeteries that are already <laughs> along Main Street, yeah. St. Charles. <laughs> Well, we're not getting that house, probably, but... No, I know, but imagine if you did. <laughs> you know, there's so many people buried there, and people don't so even know. People. So we went... Honestly, just don't even tell anybody. Just say I disappeared. They won't check my house. Put me in the garden, and then just put veggies on top. They'll never know. 
like grow the veggies in the house first so that they're already like big yeah so people are thinking oh those have been there a while yeah there you go people it's how to what hide a body not cadaver dogs though i don't believe they would do that for what i'm assuming is elderly me yeah, you're probably not, like, a likely murder victim to be buried in your own backyard. They'd be like, you could just be like, she was having memory issues. She disappeared. So She's in the river. <laughs> it might be that like, she just wandered off. Like, when they were, who were they looking for when they found, like, 20 cars in the Missouri River? And they're like, we, yeah, we're not bringing these up. That's not our job. <laughs> they just, like, left I don't them. know, but I definitely remember what you're talking about. Who were they looking for? me was it like a what, like i don't know if it was like a missing old person or a murder case or what but i, Bro, I know maybe it was the police... when they were looking for like that murder weapon or something could be because i remember they were like looking for a gun in the river at one point i don't know but i don't know the police said that's not our job <laughs> that's something i would do <laughs> well i don't know what these are here for but i'm not gonna find out it's not why we're here today so we're going to leave i'm not those. doing that paperwork I someone can else can pay for that do we have any other banter? I got my ears pierced today. Well, my ear pierced multiple times. Got ear piercings? Yeah. So now I'm edgy. Now you're edgy. I'm, I'm an edgy 21-year-old. <laughs> People are going to think that's serious. It's not. It you waited until you were 21 to get any sort of... <laughs> Any piercing after the first piercing I yeah. got. <laughs> the kind that you get as a child normally. <laughs> the kind that people have their babies get. Mm-hmm. So my story today is the story of Ken McElroy. Uh, my sources are Wikipedia and Historic Mysteries. This story takes place... Hmm? <laughs> so the story takes place in northwest Missouri in a town called Skidmore. Um, it currently has about 250 residents, and in 1980, which was the time of the story, takes place, um, it had around 437 residents. Um, Hate the, the name. <laughs> Skidmore. <laughs> it was it's named horrible. after a person who donated, like, 20 acres to the town or well, something like that. Well, he really like had that. an unfortunate name, too. So the town is almost exclusively known for crimes that have happened there. Oh, that's but it's not in a small town. No, no, no. But it's not like an unsafe town. It has you know your standard low crime rate. Yeah. For a small town, it just happens to have had some like just crazy like, big. like two crazy crimes, <laughs> and just done nothing else spectacular enough for Wikipedia to talk about. Hmm. Um, because it's a town that just exists because the railroad went through it at, at one point in time. So. Ken McElroy was born in 1934. He was the 15th of 16 children. Um, he was born to sharecropper parents, uh, tenant farmers. You know, they, they traveled a lot just farming yeah. land. So he lived all over as a kid. Eventually they settled down in Skidmore, though. Um, he was illiterate and quit school at the age of 15 when he was in eighth grade. That was really my life goal. <laughs> Being illiterate and quitting school in eighth grade? Yes. <laughs> I wish I could have. And apparently at some point in time during his childhood, he fell from a hay wagon and hit his head. Oh no, serial killer. <laughs> which resulted in him getting a steel plate 
put oh. in his head. Like, it was that bad. He started committing crimes, basically, once he quit school, including assault, uh, livestock stealing, harassment, property destruction, child molestation, statutory oh. rape, animal cruelty, burglary, um, and he threatened to kill some people. I think you said wape. Wait. Wape. Statutory <laughs> rape. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. It just sounded really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was also known to be a womanizer. He had over ten children with oh, many different no, women. No. A number of whom were minors. Oh no! Oh uh, my god! Why is this man not locked away? Let me keep on telling my story. <laughs> oh, okay. So in 1971, he met Trina McLeod. It's actually McLeod this time. Okay. Unlike Not every, McLeod. Was, no, McLeod, 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 whatever that, that name that we keep on interacting with is. Um, she was 12 at the time. Oh. Uh, she was his youngest victim. And no. his last. Oh. Uh, uh, by the age of 14, she was pregnant with his child. Oh my god. Um, McElroy was charged with molestation, but if he married her, she would not be able to testify against him. And as she was the only witness, he would not have been able to be um, convicted of the crime. This woman is not agreeing to it. We're not done. <laughs> so he divorces his third wife. Oh my god. Um, he goes to Trina's parents' house to make them agree to the marriage. Um, and to convince them to do so, he shoots the family dog and burns <gasps> down their house. I would have literally just killed him. Anyway, so he marries Trina. She moves in with him and his ex-wife. So now he basically has two wives. One of which is a child. Um, shortly <sighs> after the baby is born, she tries to run away again with her kid. Um, she goes to hide in her parents' house. She's reasonable. Where else is she going to go? But he goes there and forces her to come back home. And then he goes back to her parents' house, shoots the family dog again. I don't know if it's the same dog or a different dog. <laughs> I was going to say, this dog is a druid. Anyway, shoots another family dog, and then burned down the house again. They have <laughs> rebuilt. I guess. So in June 1973, after being indicted for arson, assault, and statutory rape. rape. <laughs> oh no. Wait. Statutory rape. That time, you definitely made me, like, consciously think about that. That was... First time was an accident. This time was two, but you caused it. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, so he, he's indicted for these things. So he's held in custody for a bit. So Trina and her baby are placed in foster care. Um, what was her name? Trina. Oh. McElroy goes to the foster home after getting out. Because charges don't ever stick on him nope um and he would sit outside the house for hours at a time just staring and he told the foster family that he would trade girl for girl because he knew where the family's biological daughter went to school and what bus route she took so he was threatening to kidnap Mm. the girl if they didn't give his child bride back (laughs) um Charges were filed against him for this threat, but nothing came of it. July 1976, 
Romaine Henry claims McElroy shot him twice with a shotgun after Henry told him not to shoot weapons on his property. While waiting for the case to go to court, McElroy would sit parked outside Henry's home, just staring. Those charges didn't stick either because there were issues with witnesses claiming that McElroy was elsewhere. I don't know whether or not he actually got shot by McElroy or if he was just trying to get him put in jail because he's just a general bad person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, he was so feared by the townsfolk of Skidmore that people just wouldn't report him for illegal activity he was doing and wouldn't necessarily do anything to stop him. Now we're in a small town. <laughs> he would go to court three to four times a year, but would never get convicted of anything because I'm assuming they had witness issues. Mm -hmm. No one would, would dare stand up because... Or maybe the judge for example, was you friends can, with him, you or someone be... in the police force was scared of him. Because mm -hmm. no, it's not a big... Mm -hmm. Sounds like that but it's like he gets, police force. He gets he can be let out on bond. And in between times. So anybody who went, like testified against him, he can now go stalk or kill or harm or burn down their house or shoot their dog. Shoot or, their dog. Like, yeah, like, like, so no one wants to do anything because he'll immediately go do something about it. Uh-huh. He was indicted a total of 21 times. Oh my god. And none of them were like, I mean, some of them were like petty, but most of them were like, not. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of that is not just petty crime. No. Wape is not a petty crime. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe I did that twice. I said it wrong on purpose, everyone. <laughs> Okay, so sometime around 1980, one of McElroy's daughters was accused of shoplifting by a grocery store clerk. She was like a little, a little kid, mm. and it was like some candy. Yeah, little kids do that sometimes. Yeah, little kids accidentally shoplift. Like that's not absurd. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the shopkeeper Ernest Bow Bowencamp and his wife Lois tried to smooth things over because the little kid threw some candy. Um. You know, it's a misunderstanding. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. McElroy didn't accept the apology. And he forced the couple into his truck, occasionally firing his gun into the air to scare him, scare them. Um, I don't know if he did anything else to them. I don't think so, because, like, they come out of that fine. Mm -hmm. But Lois is so scared after it. She slept in a number of neighbors' homes for a time afterwards, so that way, like, you know, he didn't know where she was, kind of. Yeah. Idea. Anyway. In July 1980, Bo was waiting at the loading dock of his store when McElroy showed up and shot him in the neck with a shotgun. He survived. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but this is like the turning point yeah. for the town on like, okay, we have to do something about McElroy now. Like, it's not... He'll just straight up kill people now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, property damage and, you know, animal cruelty mm -hmm. is, is bad, but... Murder. Small potatoes if we start, to, yeah, yeah, just shooting people in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, McElroy, McElroy was arrested, charged, and convicted for the shooting, but was released by the court for a pending appeal. Y'all were like, "I stop this." Well, he successfully appealed it, so he gets let out for a time until he gets a new court date. Um. I said, "No, you can stay here." <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> We're going to have a fun sleepover. So anyway. And I will smother you with this pillow. <laughs> the, the arrest and conviction don't phase McElroy, and this time he's out for revenge on literally everybody who testified against him at the trial. 
So the townspeople know this. <laughs> so they petitioned the governor, the attorney general, and the state legislatures, and not a single one of them helped. Because they wanted to, like, keep him locked up until it's his appeal time. Like, you know, to me, this story almost doesn't even sound like it's a small town Missouri. Small town but it is. in Missouri. Because I feel like most small towns in Missouri, they'd be like, all right, we've had enough, let's go kill him. <laughs> and if we all shoot at the same time, we won't know who killed him, so they can't charge us all. That's something that would happen back then. In most Missouri small towns, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> Frontier justice. <laughs> let's just get rid of him. So anyway, when McElroy gets back to town, he goes straight to the tavern, carrying an M1 rifle with a bayonet attached. And he's just going to the tavern, by the way. He's just drinking at the tavern. Um, at the same time, the townspeople are meeting in the nearby Legion Hall. And they all eventually head over to the tavern. I July, think I know where this is heading. July 10th, 1981. That morning, because McElroy had been there all night, I think. Mm-hmm. At the tavern. Seems like someone who would he be. staggers, stumbles over to his pickup truck, accompanied by his wife, Drina. They're sitting in the with truck him? with his rifle and a six-pack of beer. When 30 to 45 Classy. town residents gather around the vehicle. Just, like, at some distance. Not, like, immediately yeah. next to it. Just, like, around. You know, they're in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, McElroy is shot dead. No ambulance Yay. is called. <laughs> Only Trina claims to see have seen anything. Nobody else. Girl, you really should have said that bullet came out of nowhere. (laughs) I would have said, "Miraculous!" You know, (laughs) it just happened. I really don't know. The police find the shells of a twenty-two caliber Magnum and an eight millimeter Mauser. So there are two gunmen. Mm -hmm. Um, Through ballistic evidence, they find that one was behind the pickup and one was shot from about a half a block away in front of the pickup. You know, I'm real surprised they even looked into this because they didn't look into anything that he did. Anything that he did. Exactly. It's like, they did a lot of work here. uh... Interesting. You didn't do anything for that poor dog. Anyway. uh, Or the house that got burnt down. Twice. (laughs) Trina claims that the shooter was Del Clement. But she couldn't prove it. She just says that's who she thought shot. But for all I know, everyone was holding a gun and pointing it towards the vehicle. And they just made sure, like, the best shots did it. Because they probably didn't want to hit Trina. Like, Mm -hmm. she's a victim, too. Um, No charges were ever issued. And it was officially deemed as a murder by person slash persons unknown. (laughs) My question is, why didn't this town do it earlier? Right? The first time he's out here doing any sexual assaults on anybody in a small town. At least kick him out of the town. I would have said, all right, we're getting rid of you one way or another. <laughs> you either but leave or we'll kill you. Is his, his tombstone reads, brave, fearless, and compassionate. Oh, wasn't he, he just was, the oh, nicest? Just, he was lovely. Brave and oh fearless. Like, brave and fearless, probably. Compassionate? Bear. Probably not. Um, the story is detailed in some books and a number of TV things. Um... And that's, that's the story of, what is it? Oh, Ken McElroy. Well, that's a good story. I like that. Yeah. It's going to make me sound evil, but some people deserve to be dead. Well, especially since the justice system. There are 21 times that the court had the ability uh, to prevent this murder from happening. <laughs> you know. So at that point, yeah. Like, why why not take it into your own hands? Because the court system's clearly not working yeah. for you. You tried to do it the right way 21 times. Honestly, he had the, the same lawyer every once, time. If the court would have failed once, I would have been like, time for him to die. It is what it is. He shouldn't have done it. Well, and also, if, he knows if, it. if, like, witnesses had stood up sooner for more things, 
He can't kill everyone in the town. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he's definitely going to go to jail. <laughs> Maybe not. One would hope. He pleads insanity. He gets to go spend a cushy life and... Uh, he could play, complain... Who knows uh, where. Not complain. He could plead childhood head injury. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't remember. <laughs> he knows he has a metal plate in his head. <laughs> does he? He'd hope so. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. He's illiterate. I just... And... <laughs> I love that it's in the 1980s. Like, it's not... It yeah, sounds like something that happened in the 1940s. That's like a, yeah, 40s, 50s type of deal. That's another reason like, why it's so like, how did they let it keep happening in the 80s? Like, not even just the town, but like... I don't know, it's not like he had enough money to pay people off. He's like the child say, of and poor... And it sounds like nobody likes him in the town, so it's like, why are people so scared to want to protect him? Like, if you lock him up, he stays there. Yeah, you gotta successfully lock them up, though. Yeah. So, my story is from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, which I guess is kind of close to Skidmark or whatever it's called. (laughs) It's in northwest Missouri. (laughs) North of Kansas City. Um, Yeah, it's pretty close to there, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so mine that I'm covering today is the Elms Hotel, and I got my information from legendsofamerica.com, elmshotelandspa.com, and then foxfordkc.com. Wait, do they, like, talk about their paranormal stuff on their own website? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I love it when places do that. They do a little bit. So, Um, the story of the Elms begins with the discovery of healing mineral waters in Excelsior Springs, um, which were discovered in the late 1800s when a local farmer, Travis Melian's daughter, I think it's Melian's, um, but his daughter Opal fell ill with a form of incurable tuberculosis, um, and he asked campers in the area for advice don't know why he asked campers i think that's a weird bit of the story but we were travelers yeah so they might know yeah um they suggested giving opal spring water from the bank of a nearby river um and so he gave his daughter the spring water to drink and bathe in and after several weeks she started to improve and was eventually completely cured i like the idea that she was probably just like missing some vitamins in her diet that happened to be in the mineral water (laughs) she was really anemic (laughs) She needs to stop eating red meat, okay? <laughs> that's that's all she's eating, and she needs other things. <laughs> she's she needs water some diet. potatoes. She needs water. She needs carrots. I don't know what people I mean, like. I'm happy she got better. Yeah, that's a nice little part to the story. So, word of Opal's healing spread, and soon every ailment from bad joints to Civil War wounds were being treated with the waters. My arm back. <laughs> my arm. It grew back. Think like a lizard. Think like a lizard. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So more springs were discovered and thousands of people poured into the valley to sample the water. Um, and then a visiting pastor, John Van Buren Flack, and landowner Anthony Wyman recognized the phenomenon's potential and developed the land which formed the town of Excelsior Springs. So they began advertising the healing effects of the water, which brought even more visitors into the valley. It is cute there. 
it is a cute little town. So more than 200 houses were built after the town was founded, but the remaining hundreds of visitors who didn't stay in houses built camps or stayed in their covered wagons, um, which to me, trying to picture people in covered wagons in 18, like 80. That was still, that was like prime pioneer time, Audrey. That's like I, Laura Ingalls Wilder. I know, but for some reason to me, it's like closer t- in the future. You're like, didn't they have cars yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have airplanes? Come on now. No, I don't know. To me, it just seems like it was closer to having like more normal things than because I'm just thinking of, like, oxes and covered wagons just, like, sitting around in this town. Which I'm guessing is, I mean, that's what happened, but it's yeah. weird to me. <laughs> um, and so, in the late 1880s, entrepreneurs formed the Excelsior Springs Company and created parks. And then in 1888, the Elms Hotel. Um, okay, so the first Elms Hotel was a 200-room resort that opened in July of 1888 um, and then an annex with 75 additional rooms was added a year later. Guests could soak in mineral water baths or soak up the sun in the lush gardens. There were exquisite parties and grand balls. Um, eventually, the Elms, along with the Springs, became one of the most desired destinations in the country. That's um, hard to believe. It was destroyed by a fire on May 9th. Oh, no. <laughs> 1898. But there were no um, fatalities or injuries. That's impressive. Um, the second Elm Hotel... I can't talk. The second Elms Hotel was a 300-room hotel that opened on July 31st, 1909. By this time, the mineral spring waters were being sold worldwide. And the new resort attracted guests by train. See, this is, this is more my... Moving uh, up. This is more my mindset. Than a covered wagon with an ox. The new resort attracted guests by train from all over the country, and the hotel reveled in its restored glory. Um, it was also destroyed by a fire just over a year later oh on October thirtieth, nineteen ten. They didn't. I shouldn't laugh, but just like you go, it's... oh, it's so wonderful. Destroyed by a fire. Oh. You <laughs> then think you they think, would learn their lesson. They got their Destroyed by Build a fire. A less than a year or later. Concrete or just um... stop having fires everywhere. <laughs> I I don't think anybody died or got injured in that fire either. Somehow, so they're pretty lucky so Hold far. On. Honestly, if they're just how is this supposed building. to be haunted? Then we have two major fires. Nobody died. I don't know. I'm not done yet. You'll find out. Actually, you won't, because I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, where was well, I? Well, I guess if people are traveling there to have illnesses cured, not all of them get cured. Yeah, that's true. If it helps tuberculosis, then you would assume those people would come here just like they did with the Stanley Hotel. Yeah, but the air is not as good there. It's a little, uh... Yeah, but they have water. Humid and not very fresh. Water. It would have been fresh back then. Not with all the trees. Trees keep humidity in. It's not smoggy there. It's just, like, Missouri gross in the summer. Well, they're not going in the summer. It's crisp in the winter. In the fall. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. Not the spring. That'll be muggy. 
The current Elms Hotel was built out of native limestone by Elms Realty Company and was opened on September 7th, 1912. So this time they built stone? Yes. The other <laughs> times it was wood. Um, okay, so the they had grand ballrooms and verandas? What are those? Verandas? Like, yeah. I think they're like lovely outdoor seating, standing areas. Okay. I've heard it, like but I just honestly have never... I'm, not, I'm too poor to know what that is. <laughs> I think. Um, and then once again attracted world-famous celebrities and attention mm. to the hotel. Um, okay. In the 1920s, the city and the hotel enjoyed continued fame as a national health resort. The Elms weathered a near conversion to a sanitarium, which is kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But, unfortunately, did not weather the Great Depression because they filed for bankruptcy in 1931. I mean, that makes sense. This place really has bad luck. But I'm pretty sure everybody went bankrupt back then. Um, new ownership in the 30s rescued it from bankruptcy, and the Elms was transformed again into a playground and health spa for the well-to-do. Not me. You stopped on playground a little too long, and I was like, why did... It's a playground like, just for like, children. It made me think city museum. <laughs> no. And I was like, why didn't they keep it that way? No. <laughs> no, just a playground for rich people who want to leave their house. It's a, go, yeah, a place to go spa spend day. Money. Yeah. <laughs> so the new management brought in uh, prominent citizens from all walks of life, as well as both sides of the law. Dun, dun, dun. Politicians, sports stars, and crime figures created a interesting combination of hotel guests al capone pretty boy floyd and bugsy morin i don't know that one i knew the other i've heard of bugsy i just didn't know the last name um they hosted illegal gambling and bathtub gin parties my kind of party do you fill the whole tub with gin well if you're rich enough but do you (laughs) drink it then people weren't very clean back then (laughs) sadie they didn't care what they were drinking Al Capone is riddled in syphilis, Audrey. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't care. That's how he they caught it. It was, it was the bathtub gin parties. It wasn't all, anything else. They were all dirty. Um, police tried to raid the Elms during pro- the Prohibition on several occasions. During one attempt, the police busted in on a cocktail party that included the governor of Missouri. The governor told police... To go out and bust someone who was, quote, really breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, my favorite part of this I don't story. know what to tell you. I'm drinking alcohol. It's not that big of a deal. Like, go catch a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> go to Skid Mark and catch a murderer. <laughs> what year was it? <laughs> this is, like, the prohibition time. Okay, so he's like not alive then. <laughs> um, you can go catch the uh, Velisca Axe murder, though. That's pretty yeah, close. You can catch someone. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. Um, Jack Dempsey and the New York Giants visited and trained at the Elms. The Elms hosted large conventions and spectacular festivals on the grounds. Um, The hotel activities at the time included private... It says thoroughbred trails. I don't know what that is. Thoroughbred's a horse. So is it private horse trails? Or if it's like a horse breeding trading situation i don't know i don't know horses um fox hunts with hounds 
Okay, so but then it might be thoroughbred trails. Like you're you're yeah. doing like the jumping thing through yeah. the forest. That's just all they gave me, so I wasn't sure exactly what it meant. Um, games of br- of bridge overlooking the gardens and a cocktail lounge complete with in-house orchestra. Fancy. Fancy. In 1948, the Elms hosted its most famous guest, Harry S. Truman. I would consider um, Al Capone more famous. That's what I was thinking when I read it. I was like, you're much I don't more know. like 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 people from all over the world know Al Capone. Know about him. Yeah. Like Truman's not like an insignificant president, but I would assume that more they people just, would know I think Al they'd Capone. rather not be associated with a murderer. People pay money to be associated with Al Capone now. I know they do. <laughs> but I think they'd rather be associated with the president. Mm-hmm. But this story is kind of cool too. So he checked into the Elms on November 2nd, 1948, accompanied by six Secret Service agents, and he wanted to enjoy the quiet hotel and escape the stress of the Democratic campaign headquarters in Kansas City on Election Day. Isn't he from Independence? Or somewhere think, around there? I think he so that, is. This is really close to him. So he stayed in room 200, and he and his party occupied the entire west wing of the second floor. Um, and then today... He stayed in room 200 because the hotels changed over the years, but mm-hmm. that's still, like, the room that he stayed in. But now it's 300 and not 200. Mm-hmm. Um, Truman enjoyed the electric cabinet. What does that mean? No idea what that is. Salt rub, mineral water tubs, and a massage. Well, I wonder if it's, like, he some retired. Sort of zappy I know, it might be skin. some spa treatment. Yeah. He then retired to his suite and listened to the radio for the election results. Hold on, so that's where he... Yeah, he got elected there. That's so funny. Yeah. Because then, like, the next day, he, like, went back to Kansas City for, like, a photo op. hmm And then somewhere else after that. Mm-hmm. But... Well, so like, listen, win or lose, he was going to be comfortable. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, he wanted to not be stressed, so mm-hmm. he had a spa day. Um, so I like that story, too. I think that's cute. In the 1950s, the hotel was often reserved in full for... I said that too slow. It sounds dumb. Let me restart. (laughs) In the 1950s, the hotel was often fully reserved for national conventions like Avon, Standard Oil, the American Red Cross, and many others reserved the entire hotel for their conventions. Kind of like Opryland. Mm -hmm. That's another paranormal one I did. I just forgot. I forgot about that one entirely. Okay, so... During this time, the Elms also gained a reputation as a wedding and honeymooners paradise. I could see that. It'd be pretty. We went there. It was cute. They have a cute little cafe in there. It was cute. It wasn't, like, as extravagant as you think it would be, though. It might be, if you get into other parts of it. But I feel like the lobby should be, like, bigger and brighter. Yeah. Yeah. There's Uh, a lot of tile. Yeah. That's what I remember. (laughs) By the end of the 50s and the beginning of the 60s, the hotel was beginning to lose customers, and as the hotel went through different owners, it was marketed as um, a motor inn and a Sheraton hotel and just, like, some other, like, random things to try and get more people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by 1970, the Elms closed its doors for the next eight years. Bad luck again. It's just not in a good location. No. It's not. It's, it's, it's not on the way nowhere. to anything. Yeah. Okay, so by 1981, under new ownership, 
the Elms was alive once again with conventions, tourists, and corporate retreats. A new spa renovation was added and it featured a European style lap pool surrounded by a jogging track. Interesting. A waterfall tub. Don't know what that is. It sounds fun. And unique <laughs> environmental rooms, complete with hot tubs and cool mists. I was gonna say it's not like the things where it's like the whole wall is just salt. <laughs> yeah, like those Himalayan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still, I would genuinely go back here for like a weekend vacation. Just because I, I think I it'd would be stay fun. And do like a little spa trip. Yeah. I've never, literally, never done no, any sort of spa anything. thing. We can go. Don't know if I Couples could. Trip. <laughs> and yeah, see if there's ghosties. That could actually um, be very fun. They declared bankruptcy again in 1991, and then the city purchased all remaining interest in the hotel in October 1995. There was some weird thing about like someone owning part of it still, and then the city purchasing part mm -hmm. of it. I assume don't that works really like know. stocks. Yeah, I don't know how don't that really works know either. But what happened? But I didn't feel like it was too important. <laughs> um, in 1998, the Elms celebrated an another grand opening after $16 million renovation, um, and it featured 153 guest rooms, state-of-the-art conference facilities, and a brand new spa. And then in 2011, the Elms was closed again oh, for $20 million renovations to be done. Oh, okay. So it's, it's closing for a good reason this time. Yeah. And so... It updated, like, the hotel, spa, restaurant, and mm -hmm. the grounds. And the Wi-Fi. tried to bring it into, yeah, like, the 21st century. So, today, the Elms Hotel and Spa stands as, uh, this is what it says on the website, mm -hmm. a grand dame of hospitality, featuring spectacular amenities and gracious service. And it's still a spa hotel. Yes. Which is, that, that's impressive they kept that that long. Yeah. Because they could have easily just been like, no, we're just like a cutesy boutique hotel gonna, now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's something that everybody liked about it, though. Mm -hmm. Even with all the new owners, they were mm -hmm. like, this is still something we should incorporate. Well, they still have those mineral springs there yeah. that are functioning. And I was like, it's the old-timey days, it's boom makes sense, because I can't, I don't, I can't speak for anything northeast of Chicago, but I can't think of, there's not a closer mineral springs hotel resort to Chicago than that one. Yeah. Because the next closest would be Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and that one's further away. So it makes sense. It'd be the closest know, one to the St. Louis, closest the one to Kansas City. The only other one I can think of is in Texas. Yeah, and that's even further. Yeah. There's, like, I mean, I know things. there's more. Yeah, but no, exactly. Like the big but I think it's like the big, like only ones that I can think of that have like the large hotel amenities with them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the closest one to Chicago. But again, I don't know anything north or east of there. So yeah, it's surprising it even stayed open that long because the one, mm -hmm. what is that, the Crazy Water? Mm -hmm. What is that place called in Texas? I mean, it's is it not crazy water? It's like Mineral Wells or... I think Mineral Springs, Mineral Wells, Texas, something, something like, like that. that. Ghost Adventures. But they there. had that giant hotel, mm -hmm. which was giant and fancy, but mm -hmm. it just is not even I don't think that's on the way today. to anything either. Yeah. So I I'm think, just surprised that this hotel is actually still even open to this day. I think day. it's because there's a big enough population that can do staycations nearby. Yeah. Casey and St. Louis are yeah. close enough. All right. So on to the ghosty parts. Mm. So... The Ohms Hotel was featured on an episode of Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters in July of 2013. Um, and there's not too much, like, reports on, like, a bunch of ghosts being there. Mm -hmm. But there's been, like, m like many, many, many reports of the same ghosts doing the same type of things to guests and, like, staff. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to cover those. Um, so the lap pool area is said to entertain the spirit of a gambler who was involved in illegal activities during the speakeasy days of the prohibition. And he is said to have been killed by the mob during one of their illegal drinking events. I can see that. Yep. Or even a gambling match that mm-hmm. he won and they didn't want him mm-hmm. to. Or he cheated. Yeah. You know. Um, another story says the housekeeping staff will see a ghost. Well, not just the housekeeping staff, but a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they will see a ghost wearing a 1920s style uniform on the third floor of the hotel. And she is said to be extremely benevolent and only there to watch today's housekeepers make sure that they're doing their job the way they're supposed well, that's to. that's nice. Um, let's see. There's also said to be the spirit of a woman who walks through the hotel looking for her child. Creepy. She is seen distressed and is known to pull people's hair and throw things across the room. Because that'll help her find her kid. She's throwing a fit. <laughs> she says, I know you have him. I know where, he, you know where he is. Tell me. Tell, tell me, me right now. Fine, I'll throw your phone. Why aren't <laughs> you, you listening? Want, you want to play this game? My ca- child is missing. <laughs> Yanks ponytail. Ma'am, turn around. Help me find him. There is said to be the spirit of a woman who walks through the hotel. Oh, I literally just said that. Mm-hmm. Send help. I am illiterate. <laughs> Quit school in eighth grade. <laughs> Um, guests and staff have report hearing, oh my god, I can't talk and I can't speak. Guests and staff have reported hearing, reported, I can't say report, I can't even say this. Guests and staff have reported seeing, un- <laughs> it's not even seeing. <laughs> hearing? Let me try it for a 30th time. Guests and staff have reported hearing unexplained noises. And the occasional glimpse of these spirits. So, like, all the ghosts that I'm talking about, people have actually seen and not mm-hmm. just, like, made up who they think this whispering person is. And they're is. not just you know sounds. What I mean? yeah. They're, they're um, sometimes it, visible. It's said that there are at least six spirits that you can actually see that will actually, like, manifest Impressive. themselves. Um, people have felt something crawling into their bed at night, and it's normally, like, the size of a child, so, like, a little kid crawling into it's bed It's that little you. kid hiding from his mom. Yeah. <laughs> he really hates her. <laughs> He's got to get away from her. Like that red-haired, red-headed kid in Big Time Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything. Um, people have felt someone grab them in the lap pool. That's horrific. Mm-mm, That's like mm-mm, literally mm-mm, one of my mm-mm. biggest fears for no reason. Um, they smell cigar smoke. I know. I'd literally get up. Go on. Leave. I wouldn't even get my stuff. <laughs> um, they smell cigar smoke. They feel tapping on their shoulders. Um, and then there's a woman who is seen dressed in white who wanders around the halls along with a little boy who plays on the stairs. It's her little boy again. He chose this ghost instead of his mother ghost. So. (laughs) That one's the nanny. He likes (laughs) the nanny more. (laughs) And then. This is something that they put on their website, which is cute. They said that one thing everyone agree seems to agree on is the friendliness of the spirits. Although I don't feel like throwing things or pulling hair is nice or grabbing people in a lap pool. But they're just, the hotel doesn't want you to They're just be mischievous. <laughs> they're just pranking you. They're just having some fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're nice. They're just pulling your leg. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, there's no scratches reported. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's still scary, but it's not like they're saying... I feel like they're saying, like, 
there's nothing's nothing going after you. Here, it's not going to attach to you. They like the hotel. <laughs> yeah. And then the hotel offers ghost tours while you stay at the hotel and like ghost packages whenever mm-hmm. you like, you know, book your stay and everything. But that's all I have. I like on that. The Elms Hotel. That has some fun history to go with that. I know. I like the history of it. Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of breath. All right, well, try not to kill anyone and don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye. But you can kill that man in that story. I don't have a problem with Frontier it. Frontier Justice, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>